What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to one of the last five quick cages ever until next year when he has new movies. Um, Frank, which movie of the limited selection are you going to tell us about tonight? So as we um, we enter into the home stretch of this, I don't know, humbling exercise in futility, we got to talk about a movie that's set in maybe one of my like five least favorite genres of film um, of all time, uh, specifically the uh, coming of age movie set in World War II involving young hooligans who are on the precipice of shipping off to war, I guess, to be like super specific, um, which might sound like a really specific genre, but I feel like that encompasses an awful lot um a really boring uh i don't know self-righteous movies of which this is one um so 1984's racing with the moon um which is really more of a sean penn vehicle um he's the star of the movie um co-starring obviously mr cage um elizabeth elizabeth mcgovern um it's got crispin glover in a minor role barbara howard in a minor role um michael madsen in a minor role um dana carvey in like a super minor role carol kane is in it for like three minutes um basically so this, is, this is crispin's third appearance on the podcast then on the quick cage podcast because he was in the damn pilot of that tv show and yeah. wild at heart right yeah i think that's all of them yeah okay yeah, this should be it. So we're closing out Crispin Glover as well tonight. All right. On the quick cage. Um, I'm, Crispin Glover may pop up again somewhere. Um, I don't know what to say about this movie. It's Tell me about it. I don't know anything about it. I mean, my description of the genre fits in, I think, should tell you. So mm-hmm. Sean Penn, Nicolas Cage are... Two youths from the wrong side of the tracks in some city in California in the 1942 or three or something. Um, they both work as pin setters at the local bowling alley where they are um, kind of made the mockery of by this group that they call the Gatsby's, um, who are like the rich people from the other side of the tracks, like the right side of the tracks, I suppose, um, of which Crispin Glover is a, a member. Um they're both 17 and i guess have enlisted in the art or in the marines so they're going to be shipping off in it's like a month at the start of this movie okay um uh nick cage plays his name's like sunny or some shit nikki nikki um who's dating a local girl um Sean Penn is Hopper. Um, Henry Hopper. Hopper's his nickname. Um, who is kind of like more introspective, obviously, because, you know, it's Sean Penn. Um, but becomes enamored of this girl that he sees um, working the box office of a movie he's going to see. Um, so he tries unsuccessfully a couple of times to ask her out, but finally her girlfriend needs a date somewhere so she kind of like surreptitiously fixes him up with her but then they bond together and she begins to fall for him so they end up spending more time together and they kind of fall in love with each other um he thinks that she's rich because he follows her home one night like the little creep that he is and sees that she lives in this big manor house that's like right outside of town so he assumes that she lives there 
But in reality, her mother is a maid that works there and she just lives there because her mother lives there. Um, so they're shown as being kind of like irreverent, um, not really troublemakers, but like rapscallions kind of, I guess. Um, there's a particularly dreadful scene where they have a, there's a thing set up on the lawn of the high school, I guess, or whatever, um, where young girls are practicing, um, battlefield wound treatment so it's like um set up by the red cross um and they end up hijacking it and playing um the boogie woogie bugle boy from company three which let me tell you something is a song i never want to hear again in my life like i've heard that song so many times now and it's just like every time that dan and dan and dan and dan 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 it just drives me nuts i fucking hate it i hate world war ii i hate fucking i don't know joy in world war ii and having to see i don't know whatever i just fucking hate like that era and i hate watching anything in it anymore i think um and then like the, everybody starts dancing on the field much to the chagrin of the guy that's organized it which you know completely realistic like whatever anyway so Nikki gets his girlfriend pregnant um, and he needs $150 to get her an abortion, which I thought was um, kind of a, I mean, I don't really know the history of abortion, um, but apparently it was, I don't know, anyway. So they don't have the money because they're poor. So Nikki keeps trying to pressure Hopper into getting him to talk um, Caddy, who's the Elizabeth McGovern character, into um giving up the money so he can get the abortion but hopper doesn't want to ask his girlfriend for 150 dollars so they try to win it in a pool game against um some some navy naval guys seamen i guess or whatever that are on shore leave but they fuck up and then finally um hopper asks her and she still doesn't tell him that she's like super poor so she tries to steal from the girl that's like the daughter of the family that actually owns the house um but she gets caught then the daughter's like oh yeah cool i understand here's a random 150 dollars so then nikki's girlfriend gets the abortion and that causes a falling out between nikki and hopper because hopper's like you didn't even hold the door for her. like you don't even seem to care and you know this girl just like sacrificed a child for you and why are you being such an asshole and so they get in a fight but then only and then elizabeth mcgovern is super pissed at um hopper um if i don't remember why um but then everything like resolves itself ultimately because of course it does within the span of like 10 minutes um so the title racing with the moon comes from this practice that hopper and nikki used to do which is going to the train tracks at night and running alongside the train and jumping on at the last minute to like ride it like hobos <clears throat> so as their train is leaving um to take them away to war they do the same thing to show that even though they're going off to fight in maybe the greatest military conflict in the history of man um they haven't lost their childhood glee yeah yeah um, yeah that's, yeah that's how it ends with them uh -huh. like jumping on the train and riding away and so sean penn's like smiling in it like as he's doing that no he's got that fucking um <laughs> describe sean penn's face as he's riding to the train for me oh so... uh... It's like a like a rictus grin corpse is staring into the sun. So it's like kind of like this broken like Jeffrey Dahmer smile with like these narrow mistrustful eyes that never actually betray human emotion or warmth, I guess. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of right. Sure. Um I don't know if I've ever actually I, I don't think I've ever seen a real Sean Penn smile. I've seen a real Sean Penn grin, I believe. But I think that was a malfunction with the programming that allowed him to give those grins that I've seen a couple times. I mean, he has that grin that kind of reminds you of... Um, I think you have a really good analogy for this. Like... Oh, man. I just had it. Like, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas? Like, when he's about to beat the shit out of that kid in the um the parlor or whatever 
Yes. Yeah. Um, the shoe shine thing or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Where it's kind of like I'm about to like inflict serious like harm upon you, and it gives me yeah joy. Like that's how that's how Sean Penn smiles. Like, Sean yeah, Penn it's, it's, it's of, because he know he knows he thinks he knows something that you don't, and he's better than you. That's yeah. how. <laughs> yeah. He 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 knows that he's the best actor in that room, and it's beneath him to actually enjoy anything because. It's more about you appreciating that he's there than him appreciating that he gets to be there and act or whatever. I fucking can't stand Sean Penn. Like, I used to pretend that I like Sean Penn, and I probably even defended Sean Penn a few times on the podcast, like, um, half-heartedly, but watching... You defended him to me before, um, because I don't like Sean Penn. And I don't even say that he's not a good actor. I just think that he's overrated, like, in terms of, if you actually look at his roles... I think he's a pretty good actor. He's just, sure. I don't know. It's just, it's him. It's all yeah, it, Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I won't prolong that Sean Penn thing, but it's like, but I, if you look at his roles, it's actually worse than you think it is. Like, but. Here's the thing. And we, we, we did that exercise one night. You were pretty much proven right that he's just generally not been in much. Yeah. That's worth watching. Um, or it's all just like self-important. Yeah. Like, but nonsense. some really good roles. I mean, like he's a, really, yeah, yeah. he can be a talented guy. Yeah. So here's the thing with this movie is that there's really nothing wrong. Like when you right. watch it, the direction is fine. Um, I find the cinematography to be a little like a little too washed out at times in a way that I don't enjoy. Cause a lot of times, like I like that kind of like slightly overexposed, like soft focus um, cinematography, but here it's just, it's just a little much. Yeah. Um, your man, uh, the director of the Money Pit, directed this fucking movie. He did, uh, Richard Benjamin. He, he's accomplished. Uh, he's he's an accomplished uh, actor, and um, uh, well, maybe maybe not director as much, but um, filmed the Money Pit. So he know. also he also filmed Made in America, right? Which is which I'm... is a movie that I saw in the theater in Ocean City. Um, I remember. God, that's another traumatic experience. My dad was drunk when we went on vacation to Ocean City, and so my mom like took me to go see a movie, and the only thing that was playing in this like, like two two theater like you know Cineplex was a uh, uh something and Made in America. So we like Where- Ted, we like Ted Danson and Willie Goldberg. So we saw Made in America. Yeah. What beach? Ocean City. It's probably oh, a no, 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 sorry, no, Rehoboth. It was Rehoboth. Oh, it was almost definitely then. It was a Carmike theater. Carmike was the chain that was down at the beaches. Even in even a thirteen hundred in America wasn't good. So yeah, this guy's like not the not 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 the great shades with the director. So anyway, so Nicholas Cage is just it's like basically the same exact performance that he does in Birdie. Um, when he's doing like the childhood portion of the birdie mm-hmm. movie, um, so it's like affable, sort of dumb, down to earth, kind of troublemaker with a heart of gold. Um, I don't know. Look, I'm I just I think I'm done with watching movies made by boomers about their parents' childhood. Mm-hmm. like i just don't care i don't find it interesting i think that it's like <clears throat> super disingenuous a lot of the time in looking at like how the real world really was for a lot of people back then just with the yeah. um focus on like oh here's how you know white people lived yes because like these people are poor but they've got and this is probably even true. Like they're poor, but they got like a really nice piano in their living room that Sean Penn like plays is an accomplished pianist kind of, mm-hmm. which is just showing like the depths of his like artistic, whatever. Sure. Um, Their house is nice. It's like a two story. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, what was me? Like, well, you know, so the guy that wrote this, I, I did a little bit of research like here, like the guy that wrote this is named Steve Cloves. And um, he he grew grew up in Sunnyvale, California. Born in Texas, um, seemed to have like a kind of like decent middle class lifestyle. Ended up going to 
UCLA and dropped out when he wasn't admitted to the film school. Um, and then ended up basically writing the screenplay called Swings, but then it led to a meeting where he pitched Racing with the Moon, and that's how he broke into like writing in movies. And since then, he's had a very successful career. He wrote and directed Fabulous Baker Boys, wrote and directed Flesh and Bone, which is actually an underrated like uh, neo noir, um, and then wrote your favorite movie, Wonder Boys. Um, wrote all of, like the Harry Potters. Um, like adapted all those and and one of the Fantastic Beasts and is now doing Curious Incident of the Dog in Nighttime um, that he's directing. I can't believe it took that long to make a movie of that. that sure, book. sure. Um, but so, I mean, he's he's had a decent career to him, but like, yes, born in 1960, like kind of like a late boomer, grew up in California. Like, you know, I'm assuming he's basing some of this off of his own own probably like previous generation's parents life probably or something like that probably um so so what i'm saying is that like no you're right it's like here is a boomer who suddenly after whoever knows what the fuck he did like or how he felt like politically and all this shit at some point it's the bro call syndrome you know it's like and it it even predates bro call like the thing that i find most annoying about one of the most annoying things i find about like boomers to some degree in general is this idea that they rejected their parents generation so heavily and that's a generalization but it's a true generalization the the generation rejected their parents so heavily and then like brocall is the prototypical example of this guy who's walking the beach in 1997 and suddenly like oh actually my parents generation after they're old now was the greatest generation like, think about what they lived through when they didn't think about that shit in their 20s or 30s at all and were just completely self-obsessed. And this guy just feels like, you know, and look, he's only 24 when he's doing this. So, like, it hits him a little early. So maybe it's more sincere, potentially, out of this guy. But it's still the same syndrome. Is this looking back at that generation as, like, the greatest generation and ignoring all the faults because of, yeah, middle class white lifestyle and they have a fucking piano that they play in their house i mean give me a break i agree with you i hate that bullshit <laughs> can't stand it never want to see it again yeah so you know down the home stretch here's what we got in this movie <laughs> um and only uh three like actual movies but, but and- you're saying it's a good movie if it's if, if you're not jaded by this by like we are like by even even then i think there's some stuff in it that i find just to be a little too tropey so like the the abortion angle is really weird in this movie and it's the one thing that like you hesitated talking about that tell me a little bit more like what you were going to say earlier about this abortion part of it because there's no consequences to anything in this movie like no matter how they act how they behave Right. It's basically just like a boys will be boys. This is how life was in the 40s. Bullshit. And then out of nowhere, there's like, hey, my girlfriend's got to get an abortion. And it becomes like super, I don't know, like weighty. And it's really an incredibly interesting thing to me of like, what would that have been like in the 1940s? You know, pre Roe versus Wade, like. Yeah, so I, I did a little research when you were, like, hesitant about that, and I see that, like, by 1950, the state legislature in California did pass a law that any woman who had an abortion or sought an abortion was guilty of a criminal offense by that point. It seemed like it was a little, it, that there was nothing on the books necessarily about that being a crime or illegal, probably by that point um, in the 40s. Um, but that so they, were, they were arguing about it. Like, it seems like from a legal standpoint, like in California at the time, the legislature, in terms of like, you know, the same arguments we have now about protecting, you know, the life of the mother versus, you know, protecting the life of the child and all that kind of stuff. But um, nothing was official till 50. So it's probably at least legal. I'm assuming. I mean, the girl's family is like super traditional and religious. So there's that angle of it. Um. But again, it's like McGovern and Penn are the two main characters of this movie, and Cage is really just like the supporting actor in it. And his girlfriend is barely even like a thought. Like she's not really in it at all much. 
um except the i guess whatever like inform the scene or two um it's just such a weird like thing i mean hopper gets like super passionate about the fact that Nikki doesn't seem to care about her and he just kind of like he wouldn't go in with her and he didn't hold the door for her and he's just being really glib about it um you know because he's relieved that he's not having a kid and he has to go off to war anyway so what was he gonna do like leave this poor girl pregnant and like shamed um i don't know it just kind of comes out of nowhere that whole angle and then they spend like 20 minutes like trying to resolve how they're gonna get the money and then they get the money and then it's like another like 15 minutes dealing with it and right. then it's just like oh never mind we're all friends like end end scene yeah yeah i don't know yeah and this um, is after this I, I swear to god it's like it's like a scene out of greece where like they start playing that motherfucking bugle boy movie <laughs> And everybody just gets up and starts doing like the Lindy Hop, and they're like dancing down the street like jazz hands or whatever. It's so fucking. <laughs> the, the the you find Lindy Hop really funny. That's just a term, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of any other like old dances like the Charleston <laughs> maybe or something. Right, like right. Yeah. Foxtrot. Yeah. Uh, right. Lindy Hop is always your go-to. Um comedic like <clears throat> dance <laughs> it's the only one i can the one that comes to mind <laughs> um so yeah so another um okay so what's the score on this movie um hold on give me a give me a subjective <laughs> and an objective score on this movie and then your score on the cage performance i mean subjectively it's like a three like i fucking was bored and i did not enjoy it um this is another one that took me a couple sittings to get through and you know what? It's awful when I have to pay to watch. Oh no, I watched this movie for free. So this was fine. This was on Hulu. Uh, um, saved by Saved by Hulu at the last minute with the with the Nick Cage collection. Um, objectively, you know, it's it's just probably like a six out of ten. I mean, again, there's nothing to like. Interestingly, nothing... interestingly enough, it has a clear sixty percent like a like on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. Like, so I'm I'm, I'm getting pretty good at that. Um, yeah. Prediction, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that's going to make it a classic of cinema. It's nothing that you would really recommend to someone outside of someone that has a very specific interest in like this kind of movie. Um, but there's nothing to say that like, oh, it's like an objective, like piece of shit or anything. You know, it's just it's just there. Right. Gotcha. I'm um, a little disappointed you didn't ask me what my other four least favorite genres of movies are. Because um, when I when I, I thought of that, why, I why, came hold, up with, hold on a second. I who says I wasn't? I don't know. I just I don't have any faith in you. Um, I was actually looking. I was I was actually just going to bring up because you mentioned the cinematography. Just to follow up on the cinematography, um, is the guy who did this. Um, is named John Bailey, who is, um, who did um, a number of like good movies um he did cinematography on ordinary people um he did cinematography on cat people um listen to our podcast uh this friday on the primary podcast um and he uh what was it Pope, Pope, Pope oh, greenwich village this is your Peach. favorite movie the big chill there's another one um another movie you love silverado I don't hate the Big Chill. I just don't understand like why the Big Chill gets a Criterion collection. That makes no sense to me. Might as well give it like fucking Saint Elmo. I, th- I think if you watch the Big, when was the last time you watched the Big Chill? <sighs> yeah. Five years ago. What? Yeah. Get it, out it of has, here. Get out of here. I swear to God, it has. It's been. It's been in the last ten years at some point. Okay. I watched that in St. Elmo's Fire, like, back-to-back. Okay. And I would have watched fucking... Um, Why the Breakfast. fuck are you watching The Big Chill in the last 10... Why are you re-watching The Big Chill in the last 10 years? It was there. Like, why do I watch it? You're, like, the whole point of our podcast is that I watch a lot of movies, and... <clears throat> How do you not hate The Big Chill? I mean, I don't like The Big Chill, necessarily. I just... To me, it's the same as all those... It's right it's the same it's it's the same symptom that fucking shit like racing with the moon has where it's uh 
So this guy's actually look at this look at this shit. This guy's the king of this shit. Like the cinematographer, it's like he's got the big chill racing with the moon. Um, Brighton Beach memoirs. <laughs> um, fucking hold on. There's oh he did Groundhog Day. Um, and in the line of fire and nobody's fool. Um, as good as it gets. This. This is the whitest cinematographer in the world, and except for he does Michael Jordan to the max. But that you could also argue that's the whitest cinematographer in the world that like does Michael Jordan to the max. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I don't know any of this shit that he's done like the past like twenty years. I don't know. Jesus. All right. So early in his career, he was really accomplished as a cinematographer. Um. So my next question that I had um, for you was, what are your other top four least favorite genres? So I, I wrote these like stream of consciousness. I was thinking of them uh-huh. earlier because I thought I was, I was going to say that that's like, just, just like five. I wrote down that question to ask you later. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. Um, here you go. You ready for the last four? Uh, I am inspirational movies involving a minor league or amateur sports team movies with senior give me, give me, citizens give me a, hold on give me a couple of examples of those uh, I, I remember I the titans okay shit like that um, so like major I, league you don't like something like major league well, that's a comedy so you automatically major league like also it. involves a major league sports team thank you not oh so it's just minor, minor league. it's just minor league or high school or, or amateur college? right okay. right right okay like, so, i don't know i mean there's so many of those movies i can't think of what they're fucking called okay all right What's the gotcha. one with um the mentally challenged boy that plays football? Is that Rudy? No, no. But I don't like Rudy. Either. You don't like Rudy either. No. Okay. I don't dislike Rudy. I just don't care. It's like what about yeah. what about the gritty movies like that, like the program <laughs> or Blue Streak? Number one, I think it's it, is it Blue Streak or Blue Chips? It's my blue trip. Blue streak is a Martin Lawrence movie. Never mind. Right. It's, it's a crime. Um, <clears throat> so blue, blue chips with blue Nick Nolte, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't Jack. care about that movie. I don't like that movie. He's never played professional ball. I remember that trailer really well. Um, completely yeah. raw. Because it was on. Um, it was in front of like every movie for like yes. two months. Yes, that and um, in Bad Company was also in front of every movie for like two months in that time period. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't care about I, I don't ever care about those movies. Like I don't watch a trailer for it and think like, oh there was that one that Affleck did um a couple of years ago about the high school basketball team or what the fuck ever. I don't know. Like I don't care. I don't care. You don't care about you don't because you don't I like I really like Hoosiers a lot. You don't like Hoosiers, do you? I mean, it's fine. I just it's not something I would ever watch. Like you yeah. saying Hoosiers doesn't like there's no twinge of nostalgia or import in my head that i should watch this movie it's just like eh. what about documentaries what about hoop dreams do you, do you... that's different to me i love documentaries. Okay. Okay. like i'm always good with the documentary all right okay i don't want i don't want to see something I, like... I i completely just so you know i completely agree with you on this category i just can't fucking with you or testing you on it but um, like i don't want to see some slack-jawed fucking milk boy like getting ready to shoot the big three-point shot of the game and like the slow motion sweat <laughs> Like fuck those movies, man. I don't care about that shit. <laughs> the milk boy who's like fucking like the um the the dissatisfied wife on like who's the probably the coach's wife like on the side. Like we should write one of these movies. Jesus, like this would you be just, easy as shit. You just wrote the last picture show, basically. So I don't know. <laughs> sure, right. Um, number three, uh, movies with senior citizens acting wacky, tough, or sowing their wild oats. Like, hmm. anytime I see a trailer for one of those movies, it makes me quietly but irrationally angry. Like, I hate so, that like shit. about Schmidt, yes, yeah, fucking secondhand lions, um, mm-hmm. the bucket list. Like, fuck every one of those movies. There's nothing interesting about it. Batteries fucking... not included. Well, nobody likes batteries not included, like, for a lot of reasons. Like, that's this is not a good movie. I bet you there's a lot of Steve Gutenberg fans that like batteries not. Yeah, like fucking cocoon. I don't yes, care about right, yeah. I don't, I don't care about any of those movies. I think they're really boring. I think it's goddamn pandering to a target audience 
that's got nothing better to do in their life but feel like they're somehow emboldened by the actions of fucking Hume Martin Mull and Hume Crone or whatever. Yeah, Hume Crone and <clears throat> Jessica fucking, Yeah, like dancing in their underpants and <laughs> I don't know. Fuck that. You know what? You know what? You, you know whose genre of movies that is? Motherfucking Steven Spielberg is like the godfather of the wacky goddamn senior citizen like doing something zany like it's not fucking true they're just they're all old and bitter and like what? sore what? and hurt <laughs> and, i'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking up steven spielberg's filmography what what movie it's only because we just watched that goddamn sequence in the twilight zone for the last mm. like real podcast and i've been thinking about it <coughs> You know, if Scatman Crothers was in every one of those movies, I might be fine with it, but he's not because he's dead. So it's like there's there, that one. There is, there is no Steven Spielberg with the senior citizen acting wacky. That is just like a random. <laughs> it's just random accusation. <laughs> um, it, you know what it is? It's because it's fucking. There was that movie last year with. um. God, it's just all old people. It's like Mar- like Morgan Freeman's now like in those movies all the time yes yes jack nicholson's always in them it's just bruce willis is now like graduated to that (laughs) like oh we're going to vegas one last great hurrah because somebody's got motherfucking cancer and is gonna die so we're gonna get him a prostitute but i'm gonna find true love with this fucking cigarette girl or whatever i don't know that's not even a thing anymore i understand but that's just I couldn't think of anything else. Well, they would reference the cigarette girl, even though, like, in that movie, in that type of movie, right? And all... there would be there be some veiled misogyny that comes off as cute because oh, they grew up like that. You know what? What the fuck ever? Stay in your nursing homes, you bitches. So I just I don't think I've seen I've not seen any Spielberg's made one, two, three, four, five movies between 2015 2021, and I have heard of three of them and seen none let me say this too because and i don't mean to like undercut your point about spielberg because i really don't care about him anymore anyway but i like most old older people i know like most people that are senior citizens i actually kind of find i find it interesting to talk to them like but like none of them i, I like them better than people our age are young. <laughs> like they're not like that's the thing is like these movies are fraudulent like it's, yes. it's just it's yes. this fake right. ass genre of like wish fulfillment shit yes right it's like for us it's it's predatory it's predatory to some degree yeah it's like for us in the 80s when we were watching like shit like license to drive or yeah like the goonies or fucking even like the lost boys like oh yeah like that's the kind of life that like other kids my age are living but it's not true like they're just playing nintendo and i don't know like dealing with their goddamn puberty and wishing for death like half the time so i don't know right maybe that was just my childhood <laughs> <laughs> yeah fucking oh, did you have like olivia soprano as like a grandmother or something <laughs> it's all a big i mean nothing. i'm i'm not gonna speak ill of my grandparents but kind of yeah yeah That's so the um i got all right so what is so there's we got three now. Okay, what are the last two? All right, so uh, movies, movies starring Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, genre unto itself. <laughs> They're routinely awful. I I can't stand that guy. Um, I don't like anything about him. I hate his faces. I hate his like implied like hip hipster. Like I'm the the I'm I'm your wacky uncle. I don't know, fucking okay. bully. All right, so we're 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 <laughs> oh man, we're we're never talking about Chevy Chase ever on a podcast, probably. So, um, what let, what would you talk about? Well, let, let's do this now because like it's, he's in so many comedies, you're never going to talk about this dude, and we're never going to talk about like TV shows, probably. So it's like, um. There is something you like that I know that he, but it's a TV show. Um, at least some seasons of it. So let's 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 do Jeff, Chevy Chase real quick. Okay, like I'm sure you've seen a lot of these. So it's like Foul Play. What do you think of Foul Play with Goldie Hawn? I don't know that movie. What? Never seen it. Uh, okay. 
Um, Here, let me let 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 me go through because I know what I've seen. Right. Um, Caddyshack is fine. I don't really care about Caddyshack. I like the first Vacation movie, um, but that's more of like a nostalgia thing. I cannot fucking stand Fletch. I don't understand why anyone likes Fletch. I hate the fact that every like five years, I got to hear about some like rando hipster director wanting to reboot Fletch, and I just want to go and punch him. Yeah, they're gonna reboot Fletch, man. Fletch, yeah, Fletch is. It's just, it's just Chevy Chase. They're always going to reboot Fletch, and it will never happen. They've been trying to reboot Fletch for the past twenty years. Yeah, I think. I think Zach Braff is going to like um reboot Fletch. Like, I think that's what's happening. Like, um, I don't really care. Sorry, sorry, no, no Fletch for Zach Braff. (laughs) Never mind, that's the headline. (laughs) First, first Google result. No, no Fletch for Zach Braff. You know what it's like? It's like um. What's that? What's that book that you and I like a lot? Um, uh, Dunces. Um, oh, Confederacy of Dunces. Yeah. Yeah. How it's the, it's how, exactly how, how they're never going to make that. Yeah. It's exactly like that or Blood Meridian. You know what I right. mean? It's like it's right. these things that are just every like three to five years you hear about somebody like, oh, that's what I'm going to do, and then they never do it. Right. Um, right. I don't fucking care about spies like us. Uh, Three Amigos is fine. I don't like Funny Farm. I don't like Caddyshack too. I don't like Fletch Lives. Christmas Vacation. I think is super overrated. Um, I don't consider him to really be an LA story. Uh, Nothing but Trouble. I really enjoy, but almost ironically, because it's such a bad movie. Um, and he's such an asshole in it. Like I feel like that's him as himself. Um, I mean, like look at this shit. Memoirs of an Invisible Man, garbage. Cops and Robertsons, garbage. Vegas Vacation, garbage. Fucking Snow Day, come on. Uh, I don't know any of these things. Uh, God, he was in a... He's in these hot tub time machine movies. I don't know. I don't really care about them either. He is in the most of last year, the He's apparently oh my god is he second <sighs> holy shit the very excellent mr dundee i gotta watch this movie um the last crocodile dundee movie is paul hogan chevy chase john cleese olivia newton john what the fuck okay reginald bill johnson wayne knight that I don't... something else that's something else I mean, kind of positive emotion for that. I just, I, I hate his look. I, you know what? You know, I, every time I think of him, I think of him like acting like. So let's let's establish something. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand people acting like quote unquote wacky, mm-hmm. like someone who's acting like they're having a good time or they're being irreverent. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, I can't stand that shit. So, like Chris Catan, like you despise. Yeah, like that kind of stuff is annoying. What about and Will it's Ferrell? Always, yeah, he does, I can't. I can't. I I know I can't stand it. Like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like it's very circumstantial for me when I actually enjoy Will Ferrell and anything. Mm. But the thing is, is like, think about Call Me Out. You know what I mean? The fucking um Paul Simon video. Yeah. yeah. Like there he is. Like oh, he's he's wearing a suit and he's like moving his hips and his shoulders and oh he's picked up some prop and he's pretending like it's a tuba. Like fuck you. Like I hate that shit. So that's what I think of when I think of Chevy Chase, and it makes me mad. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised by that, like whatsoever. I, I'm not a fan of Chevy Chase either, largely because he's a fucking prick. But um, uh, but I have nostalgia for the not so much Christmas Vacation, even though there's aspects of that are fine. But it's really the f- first two Vacation movies. I- I greatly enjoyed vacation and European vacation in my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's my main thing with him. Like, as I like those movies. Um, I just find that I'm, it's almost like people have worn me out of Christmas vacation. Sure. Like, I think I really enjoyed Christmas vacation the first couple of times I saw it, but like, right. if I have to hear somebody like in real life, say hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? Like one more time. I'm probably just going to like put up with it and then secretly be angry. I think that's what probably happened. I don't want to be a dick, but right, it really bothers me. All right.
is this in a ranked order or is this just random no and this one like this one's not funny this one's like serious like i the other ones are true but there's examples of those that i can find enjoyable this one i absolutely have no like it really is a <clears throat> terrible genre and i've never liked anything in it all right um fucking hardcore japanese pornography that involves like torture and murder like i can't stand that shit i don't i i don't think like are there movies that like fall yeah, this, or we, just porn we, movies no they're i mean sometimes they got like penetration and shit but there's like movies where it's like simulated sex but it always like devolves into some kind of weird rape or like mutilation or murder or cannibalism there's a whole bunch of them have we done any on the podcast oh no oh, no okay i would never Oh, okay. I, I, we, I, don't, I don't think I'm familiar with the genre, though. We've mentioned them before. So there's a whole series called the Guinea Pig series. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made in a manhole. I don't know. There's a bunch. So when okay. I was like 17 or 18, these movies were impossible to find. So, of course, it's like, oh, you know, like I was a horror aficionado. I got to find these movies. So I watched a few of them. And number one, they're really poorly made. Like there's nothing like interesting about them. But they just evolve into a series of vignettes of some poor woman being, like, sliced apart or, I don't know, stabbed or fucking raped. And it's just, like, it's so fucking, like, tiresome. And then people that actually are proponents of it is almost like some kind of, like, ironic genre where it's like, oh, well. But, I mean, like, it's some, it's, it's fetish shit, you know? It's, like, the weird fetishes that the Japanese, like, play up to. And this is just like the grossest. I mean, there's like whatever, like shit eating pornography in Japan and in the United States, in all fairness. But I don't know. Japan, yes. like, are the people that like animate it and give them like big eyes and make them look like 12 year olds and then eat some poop or something. Fucking weirdos. But this specific genre of like actual films is deplorable and terrible and to watch and like almost irredeemable and it's always super annoying to me when i'm reading somebody who's like a critic or like a historian that even like vaguely defends these movies and i'm not like i don't believe in censorship really in almost any way shape or form but like this is about as close as i come where i just don't understand like why these movies are a thing like why they exist but so maybe this is a question i ask in a few weeks a little bit more but like so like the torture porn industry like of like Eli Roth and all that kind of stuff that like kind of came from Japan to some degree I think um and their love of like some certain movies in Japan like how do you feel about like that genre of horror film I'm not a fan of like overt graphic violence in movies for no reason okay but if there's a re- if there's mm-hmm. like a narrative reason for it then it's fine so even something like Hostel, which gets labeled as torture porn, is not torture porn. Hostel's just whatever, like uh, foreigners in distress, I guess, would be the genre I would call it horror movie. You know what I mean? Or like Do you think some dangerous... of the later Hostel films fall yeah, into cause... that category? No, nah, because they all have that same narrative to them. I mean, they're derivative of each other, but it's still the narrative is so as long as they have a loose narrative then it's like it's it doesn't just fall into that category the hostile movies number one the the japanese movies are mostly filmed to look like snuff like you're meant to okay feel like you're actually watching something and they really go you know hostile for all it's like detriments as a, a you know whatever a series and look i don't like those movies at all but they still there's the narrative there like you know it's college friends are in eastern europe backpacking and get waylaid by beautiful women and then there's the secretive organization like there's a movie there you know what i mean it's not just like girl gets brought to a house and raped and tortured for 40 minutes but wouldn't it all lead to like isn't like the whole point of it though to some degree like getting to those scenes of torture like hostile and i would say the later saw films as well like i mean like maybe saw saw is a little different to me because 
there's not the sexual violence involved in those movies. That's and true. Hostel That's true. Really doesn't have it either. I mean, it's like it's like overly philosophical, like the Saul stuff. Like, in terms of- yeah, I mean, they're almost like too in love with their idea of like the idea of justice, like wrapped in a fucking like whatever self self important pretentious like yeah. package of like oh look how cool <clears throat> how meaningful and you know deep we are with like the way that we murdered these people um and they're never successful at that all right so you're right this wasn't a very fun like shot you, you should have started with this shot really rather than the i know but it was the last one i thought of i know stream of consciousness like it's um but now it's all like sad depressing and grotesque hey you want to talk about chevy chase again because that's <laughs> sad depressing and grotesque so. no i hold on i when i was when i was looking at shit earlier um i found this and i want you to look at this tell okay so this is a poster of wonder boys um with michael douglas what do what what do you see with that face on michael douglas for the movie wonder boys how do you feel like looking like staring at that I feel like I'm watching a revival of Hannibal 20 years from now with the guy that plays Will Graham. Look, look is that. now like, look at that. <laughs> I don't know. He looks like a fucking hobbit, man. I don't know. Like, uh, it's all fucking soft lit. And, uh, do, you, do you hate Wonder Boys more than you hate Beautiful Girls? Yes. Do you. I'll have to come up with that someday because that's a white person movie. Is Wonder Boys, um, but it's a it's a white person movie that you hate. I hate a lot of them. You just always hold it against me that I really like the Ice Storm. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just think it's a good movie. <laughs> um, how do you feel about? Oh shit! What is that one called? Um, Fucking Captain Ciderhouse rules over here, trying to disparage <laughs> me. I do not like Ciderhouse rules. Um, no, that's true. You hate most known Baumbach movies. Yeah. Like, so I don't like most things based on a John Irving novel. Like right, right. Yeah. But I mean, I like I like good movies. I just think that right. there are certain things that are not interesting. Oh, John Irving, that guy. I that they're doing white noise. Did you hear that? Talk about white person novel. Yeah, I don't even know like what to say about that because I think White Noise is a really good book. I, just, I know you I do, don't... but it's, so the adaptation is. Do you know who you know who's doing it? Right? No, it's Baumbach. <laughs> Why well, I, I walk right into it? Uh huh. Yeah. Um. You know. You know who started it? Ah, uh, fuck. What is like the male lead character? Uh huh. How old are they? Give me a rough estimate. Oh, I actually I have no idea. I would say forties. No, 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 Baumbach. Recent. Elijah Wood. Adam Driver. Oh right, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig are at the leads. Oh, well, I'll watch it for Greta. Um, yeah, so you got that look to look forward to. Um, uh, a Noah Baumbach white noise. Fucking what? God, 35 years later? It was like an eight, it was like 85 that DeLillo wrote that, right? Like, I mean, it feels like forever. Like, I read it. Right. What, like Andre 2000 is also in a minor role. So that you have to look back to look forward to as well. I read it in what, like 2003, probably 2002, something like that. Maybe a little, and maybe yeah. And you like had me like read it like immediately thereafter. Um, so yeah. Um, well, it's got a lot to do with a lot more to do with your life now than it does with mine. I no, it doesn't. Um, I teach at a two-year college, right? Come on, like that. That is like some. That was like that's more like Ivy League shit, like that kind of stuff. Um. There could be ivy around the school somewhere. You never know. <laughs> just, just lots of lantern bugs and right sadness. <laughs> uh, you're in, you're, you're, right you're, you're the Douglas Fir League, <laughs> the fucking Jim, the, the fucking Jimson Weed League. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
so that was that, that was a nice nice addition to the um the quick cage this week for um a, a boomer movie um was your top five least favorite genres um i enjoyed that all right so we have two more 80s movies the fucking voice acting episode and um cop fucking lieutenant fratelli's uh-huh. like fucking piano or whatever um right. boomer piano um <clears throat> it's not that that is not a boomer movie i know don't get it twisted oh. you want to know you want to know what the last five searches on my google search was <laughs> it i i love that this is what we've come to yes i do chevy chase mama said knock you out lyrics because i couldn't remember one line and i was like what the fuck is that line and then i looked it up um superman gay lover mm-hmm. colony tv show and I don't know what the fuck this is, but Mike Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Mike Ecuador is, but I, I searched for him at some point. I must oh. have fucked up something I was looking for. I don't know. Can you can you go back and like look at like the just the past five? Because I just did so many searches during the podcast to research shit. Like I you can't go further back, I guess. That's just on that tab. Gotcha. Because uh, I would give you my last five, which would probably be pretty ridiculous before this podcast. But um, <clears throat> so remember, Mike Ecuador. Keep Mike it in Ecuador. mind. Um, what happens when you search real quick, Mike? There's a guy named Mike Horn that comes up. He made an 18 month voyage to circle Ecuador. <laughs> hold on, Mike Ecuador. Oh, hold on. Ambassador Michael J. Fitzpatrick comes up because the guy that is apparently the ambassador in Ecuador is right now is named Mike. That's yeah, it wasn't, the first result. I, I, I think it was an accident. Yeah. And then the next thing is Michael Estrada, who is an Ecuadorian um, soccer player. Football wasn't player. It, I'm sorry. Wasn't that either. And then Mike Judge comes up for some reason. Who knows why? Um <clears throat> But all right, so Jesus God, um, yeah, we need to come up with because I know these like '80s movies are going to be terrible. Um, they got to be terrible, right? So I think you, I like you, the Cotton Club. Oh, okay. Oh, right. I keep forgetting that that's like a thing. Um, I mean, it's been a million years since I've seen it, so who knows? But yeah, yeah. Um, guess you'll find out next week. What? What? Oh shit! Well, it might not right. be next week. I don't know. I got to bring myself to do it. Um. Well, it's like you know, right now we're in like what a one-four chance, so it's twenty-five percent chance it's Cotton Club next week. No, oh, shit, it's it. not because we know what the last episode is, so it's not even that. It's a one-in-three chance, so it's thirty-three percent chance. Oh, Cotton Club is free on Prime now, so I guess that seals the deal. There we go. All right, Cotton Club next week, one hundred percent chance. Everything's coming up, Frankie. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you if you're still listening to this after whatever 80-some episodes at this point. (laughs) Listen to the best 30 minutes now available everywhere.